This is a HeadGum Podcast. Good morning, Holy Spirit. For those of y'all who grew up in church like me, do y'all remember this? the prayer would go, come let us magnify the Lord with me and let us rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> I don't know, I just felt that in my spirit as we just kicked off this prayer where I just wanted to say thank you for another beautiful day. Thank you that we are here in the land of the living in 2021. We are so grateful. We are so thankful for this new opportunity, this second chance, another day, just to first bless you just as our creator who has just given us life. And secondly, for this life, no matter what the cards that we were dealt, that we have the opportunity to make it great and to make it filled with a heart full of love where we get to impact others and brighten and enrich their lives. So we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you that you are dispelling the lie and the BS, that you are a God that is far off and that you watch us, but you do not participate in our lives, that you are so unbothered by us and what goes on in our life. God, we thank you that you are removing that BS and that lie. We thank you for the truth that you are consumed with holy passion, with holy fire and desire. You burn with desire for us because you love us so much. That is fabulous. Like no one else does that. That's up. Thank you that you do. Thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We thank you that we can breathe and exhale. We thank you that we are in our right mind. We thank you for the activity of our limbs. We say thank you. And all that we don't have, we thank you that we have the ability to get. And we thank you that you never, ever, ever, ever leave us. And so we say we ask all these things in your precious son's name. Yahusha, we bless you. We love you. We thank you. Be with us and go with us throughout the day. Low nose. right? Now, now y'all would find it very, very funny that I would do this lovely adoration and then want to jump first thing into strippers. But is anybody watching P-Valley? Amen. The show is good. It's on Stars Plus, and you're going to need to get it if you want to be able to watch it because we don't want to bootleg it because the creator and director and producer is Black. She's a Black woman. So we want to make sure that she gets her cointadas, okay? Her cointadas. Okay. <clears throat> now, what I love about the show is just that it is fabulous. It is down in Mississippi. It is about the strip club. Um, which a lot of Black women say it's almost like the rites of passage, depending on where you're at. And so I'm just very, very interested in just seeing uh, just the journey that life has taken these young ladies on. Anyway, but it's a scripted show, and um, it's good. And they have this one queer love romance affair. Girl, they have this one bondage scene where you see full frontal on this light-skinned man who has good teeth. Girl, I was like, oh my gosh. And it was at least a good, like, five inches soft. At least three. I would say four to five. Anyway, it was a decent size. So it was cute. It was like, oh, oh my, cute. Anyway, he was in a crazy strange bondage fetishes. You know, they did pay extra for that and I did live for that because the girls made their money, okay? Get, get your coin, okay? Get your coin, okay? Anyway, stripping is a tough, tough business. There is this one girl named Mississippi and they smell out her name every time she hits the stage. M. 
Ah, crooked letter, crooked letter, ah. <laughs> Wait, it's M I crooked letter, crooked letter, ah, crooked letter, crooked letter, ah, hunchback, hunchback, ah, right? That's Mississippi. Um, what I love about Katori Hall, what she did, she said that, you know, she studied, I believe, for a year or two. Like she did some real down in the deep, in the deep, deep light. And she studied and she interviewed these women. And so one thing that she wanted to highlight was the actual sport of stripping. And like, so you'll watch the show and then you'll see the girls. And then all of a sudden you'll hear them going like, (gasps) and they're like breathing hard and panting hard. But it's like them counting like one, two, you know, drop, clap, slide, do this. And it's just like amazing, almost like an Olympic sport, like, you know, doing whatever it is that they do as a sport. Like, I just love it. It was really, really great. And the cute a uh, hood love romance scene between Uncle Clifford, who is a, I'm going to call Uncle Clifford a non-binary person. Like, Clifford? I don't know. I think Cliff, Uncle Cliff, like, knows she, because that's the thing. Uncle Cliff, her pronouns are she, I don't know. She has all of them. Anyway, Uncle Clifford, a big black man, is, falls in love with Lil Murder. You be like, oh, girl, find me some hood love. Anybody got the hood love out there? I want to find hood love. Girl, I promise I binge watched the whole thing. And after that, I was trying to watch everything with hood love in it. Belly, uh, 21 Jump Street. Not that one. What was that? <laughs> New Jack City. Girl, just everything. Girl, it was just so good. Hood, hood love. love. Anyway, talking about strippers, can we give a round of applause to the OG of strippers. Now, she's not... Well, she, I think she's an OG, okay? I'm gonna call Black China OG. Like, she went from Baltimore, a hard upbringing to, like, stripping to getting into Drake's song to having a beautiful baby with Tyga and then being the mother of the only Kardashian child besides Chris Kardashian Jenner. Um, I really would like to see what Black China can do because one that looks like a lot of heavy ass, and I just want to see if she can still like go up and down the road. Okay, so Black China just recently won her court case of over custody with her baby father, Rob Kardashian. Now we know. Facts is facts. She really did not love Rob Kardashian. That was all about, like, being petty as hell. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, bitch, she did it. Like, that's why we call this show, I Want to Do Hood Rat Things with My Friends. But I wanted to do hood rat stuff with my friend. Because she, this, I mean, it is hood from the, I just live. I really do commend her. But anyway, shout outs to her. But anyway, talking about uh, Black China, this is why she became a stripper, because she was stripping to pay her way through Johnson & Wales in Miami, which I think is fabulous. Anybody who knows Johnson & Wales is a culinary arts school. I wanted to go to the university in Charlotte. It was very, very fabulous. Girl, the brochure alone was the thing that was the selling point, girl. It was like they had creme brulee and something with the fluffy fleur. And girl, it was fabulous. And you know, I just wanted to cook because you know I was fat and hungry and lonely anyway um but I didn't go because I was broke um but I became a drag queen (laughs) and I'm here now talking about black China so this is what I will say I will say one thing that I do commend about the girls who do strip is that it really is a talent and a sport and a skill set 
because not everybody has it. And I'm going to say that she did it so well that when Drake was up writing his bars or maybe had somebody else writing his bars. Allegedly. He was like, hey, put Black China in it because she is what? Fire. So whatever you do, just excel at it. Okay. You never know. Okay. You never know. You can have the next Kardashian baby, girl. Okay. You never know. Talking about legendary queens, I love it when you call me Big Pop, but throw your hands in the air if you's a true player. Baby, baby. New York legend in the house, Nicki Minaj and her fine-ass baby daddy. Y'all can say what you want about him, okay? But he is fine, okay? And that is hood love once again, girl. Talk about hood love. Nicki Minaj, after three months of waiting, finally showed off her new and he is cute y'all like looking at this photo girl he looked just like her okay i'm gonna say this in the blue plaid photo that she showed he looked like very Nicki minaj but in this fendi the house down he is looking very very mr patty bitch he is so cute bitch and he got the baby hair slick down and grease bitch and he is, fr- look at the ice, girl. Can y'all, now, if y'all driving and listening to this, don't wreck your car. Tell Siri to pull it up. But, um, bitch, he got more diamonds? <laughs> this baby is about to be, bitch, bitch, you have the most legendary, iconic mother in the rap game ever. This baby is only destined for greatness. Like, okay, so here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go, family. Here we go. We have a Blue Ivy from the lovely, lovely Beyonce and Jay-Z, right? Then we have Sir and Rumi, right? Then we have the West Tribe, because we got North, South, East, West, Chicago, um, Blanket, the rest of them. Um, Psalms. Um, now we got baby Big Papa, and I live that she gave her baby a code name. Like, y'all, y'all not gonna know, know my child's God. government. <laughs> She's such a hood rat. I live. She a hood rat. Onika. She said, You will know you won't know my child's baby name. Anyway, I just live for it. So congratulations, Nikki. And she was in labor all night, and she had a vaginal birth with an epidural. She is a true OG. So, you know, when she come back with these... Oh, she's already been back. But, you know, with her next album, girl, like... And if anybody try to stop her, she's like, bitch, I didn't want to do childbirth. Like... And I heard Nicki Minaj is tiny. For those of y'all who know her, who are big fans of her, she's tiny i mean not from the waist down but from the the waist up girl from that belly button up girl she is tiny but this is a big baby he is so cute okay y'all did y'all hear for the freaks in the room so we had talked about having sex at your parents house over the holiday vacation well, I guess people wanted to bring in the new year with a buck, wow, butt naked sex, girl. So there was a sex orgy, right, in Belgium, right, that had the police called on them. However, when the people, right, answered the front door, they thought, <laughs> they thought that these police officers were strippers, girl. 
So the man, okay, picture it, right? The individual, ding dong, boom, boom, boom. Open up, it's the police. Okay, now the people inside the house are like, oh, girl, you order strippers? Yeah, bitch, I got you, bitch. All right, so he opens up the door, bitch, and he's like, hey, or however they say hey in Belgium, whatever, you know, whatever they say, uh. And then the guy walked in and he was like, you are under arrest. And then, girl, see, this is what happened. The strippers in the 80s, I remember this same scene in the movie. Girl, he tried to undress or unzip the police officer's pants. And girl, <laughs> they went to jail. Now, this is the real gag, okay? The gag is, this was my question to my producer. I said, well, wait a minute. Who gave them the tip? Like, who, like, it was they really fucking that loud, <clears throat> you know, that the neighbors called? I said, were they in a house? Were they in an apartment building, you know? Uh, girl, are you ready for the tip? This is the gag. So, allegedly, they... <laughs> they're... So here you go. Picture it. You're in Belgium, right? Sex party A. They are known for throwing these like fabulous sexcapades, girl. But they charge maybe like an expensive cover. We don't know, right? So sex party B was like, bitch, we'll charge $40 at the door. We'll get more people in, right? So sex party A was like, oh, hell no, girl. So sex party A called the cops on sex party B. I think <laughs> that is hysterical to me, girl. Okay, now this is the crazy, crazy thing. The notable, homophobic, right-wing Hungarian politician, Josef Sayer, was among those at the party, girl. Now, he was detained trying to escape. Now, legendary children, you go, how was he going to escape? Are you ready? Dun, dun, dun. By shimmying down the drain pipe. Allegedly. Can you imagine, girl? So you hear the cops, and first you're like, oh, wait, the police are here? You're like, wait, should I go? Should I leave? Like, could this be hot? Because, you know, he's probably nasty. You know, just think he was going to get it in, right? 20 people were arrested naked at the event. The whole thing was a whole hot-ass mess, girl. <laughs> just trash. They forgot that we were in the middle of a pandemic. Grow. So you have all these people breathing hot and heavy on you. Somebody got the COVID, girl. Also, the other gag for me was that um, the people that gave the police officers the tip that there was an orgy going on was another orgy group. I guess they were mad that they didn't come. Well, maybe they had an expensive cover charge. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to tell you this. If you feel the need that you need to be out there getting it in because you were locked up, and backed up, and you need to go do what you need to do. I'm going to tell you, use wisdom. Is it worth it? Is it worth your life, girl? And if you're going to go to a sex party, I'm going to tell you, you're foolish and you dumb. That's just like throwing yourself in the eye, what's it, the eye of the tiger, the eye of the fire. I don't know, just foolish. Like, why would you do that, girl? You know. And you heard somebody cough as soon as you walked in. You called it, girl. You got it. So, in news, can we talk about um, <laughs> queer folk going to queer spaces like Puerto Vallarta, a different country where the hospitals are already overflowing, max capacity, but the privilege up in your ass that is an American says, oh, I don't 
don't care no, no fucks about them. I just want to go sit on the beach, girl. I just want to go be in my little cute bikini, girl, and just sit on the beach. My little my little banana hammock, girl, and just let the trade just be envious because um they're at home, stuck in the house. Can you please stop posting your raggedy ass photos? Like, you're going to do what you're going to do. That's what I'm going to say, right? You're going to do what you're going to do. But please, why are you posting photos? Are you Trash. Throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, throw it out. Also, did you hear in Puerto Vallarta, girl, about these bougie people that had the yacht, the boat, (laughs) that girl went down like the Titanic, girl? I said, now, bitch, that was karma working swiftly, girl. I said, somebody called a real witch doctor to get them, girl. That is trash. Anyway, y'all. Make better damn decisions. Like, why are you posting it? Why do we need to know that you had this party? Like, people had these big uh, New Year's Eve parties. Why do we need to know that you had a gathering? Uh, We needed to document it. For what? Bitch, document the first that you actually made it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't understand how people are calling this the gay civil war, I guess, because people are on the one side of saying that, Oh, um, people need a vacation. And then the other side is saying, well, we're in a pandemic. <clears throat> I'm going to say that you tragic ass bitches are grown and you're going to do what you want to do. And that's why um, you did. Um, and I think that you should be dragged continually because the reality is, I guess, that the pandemic hasn't hit your front door. The reality is that no one maybe close to you has died. But I don't know, because I guess that until someone close to you actually dies from COVID, I guess you won't care and you'll just keep feeling like you have the money and girl, just trash. Privilege. But I mean, girl, we saw the people on the boat. So are we surprised? No. 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 Can you please cue right there when people show you who they are? Believe them the first time. Because girl... Like, are you surprised? Are you surprised when we see these uh, influencers? No. And we see exactly who they are, too. Like, are we surprised? No. You could go out to the woods and be one with nature. Build yourself a tent. If you really needed a vacation, like, there are so many other places, but you went to a gay destination... With fresh, alleged fresh meat for you to sit up here and feel the fantasy. And girl, stop playing. Stop playing. Stop it, bitch. Sit on your... Bitch. Okay, I can, okay. Like, here you go. You needed a vacation. Why did you need a group of people to go? Like, why do you need other people to vacation? That part. Like, if it was about you being locked up in the house, why couldn't you have just gone by yourself so you can make sure that your mental health is okay because you know that you have to come back to the States where you're not putting someone else's date, but it's just selfish. And I think that that is the biggest thing in the world today, that we are just selfish as hell and y'all are trash. But I guess it's the same mindset that y'all have with PrEP. Like, oh, so now PrEP is out here. We don't have to worry about catching HIV. So we can just have random, um, not random, but we can have um, unprotected sex as if there's nothing else out there. Trash! I'm learning pain. I'm learning pain. This week on Learning Things, we have drag royalty. 
royalty. I feel like she is legend on top of legend. Like she was a legend, a staple legend in New York City for like years. Like I heard she was just doing the damn thing. Then she went on Drag Race and did the <laughs> damn thing. One of the most iconic peppermint costumes. I just, I said, oh, puss. This is very, very, pu- oh, I gave it away. She is a trans activist. Miss Yay! Hello, beautiful. How are Hi, you? Hi, sis. I'm great. You look fabulous. I'm Thank feeling you. lovely. You do too. <laughs> uh, off camera, y'all, she was taking the rollers out of her. I said, you better give me just, you know, first thing in the morning, just, oh, just feeling the teeth. Girl. I just live. <laughs> I just live. I just live. Um, first of all, uh, before we just jump in, Peppermint, I want to sing your praises. Um... I was telling my producer, Danielle, I said, there's just something in women um, that is just God-given um, that just has women that think, it it has women to think outside of the box or to ask more questions than um, the usual. And I used an example about how in, I believe it was Iceland or Greenland, there was this bank. It was like six women on the board. And back when the economy fell back in 2008, they were like the only ones to survive because Women are going to be like, these numbers don't look right. Very, very bad. <laughs> Boom. Let's do a recount. And in our meetings for Nubia, I just recognize Peppermint is always the one that's like, wait, 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 wait. Um, these numbers, though. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, I, everybody else is just dudes. They'd be like, yeah, girl, all right, just throw them up there. How much better than Peppermint's like, no, 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 Break no, it down. No, no, <laughs> break it down. Break it down. And so I just love that because... Um, one thing that I feel that uh, is who you are, and I feel like it's what, what more of the world needs, is the embodiment of oneness, in a sense. Like, I feel like I was telling my producer, I feel like I'm just jumping ahead. Actually, let me not jump ahead, and actually, let's just jump here and go, Peppermint! So yeah. we've seen your name on the board of the glad, darling. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was just announced. Uh, I actually joined the GLAAD board uh, a few months ago, but it was just recently announced for the 2021 year uh, that I am officially serving on the board of directors for GLAAD, which means that I am um, able to contribute and help. You know, GLAAD is involved in so many things. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people know GLAAD as sort of a watchdog in media only, Mm -hmm. but with the way that the world has been going over the past several years, four years in particular, there's sort of a, I think there's sort of an infusion between what happens in politics and what happens in entertainment. Uh And a lot of times those two things inform each other. And so what we've learned from Sarah Kate Ellis, um, I can't quote exactly who's the, the, um, the CEO, uh, and director at GLAD, she she basically says, you know, it's not enough to have equality on the books or on legislation. Mm-hmm. It can be in the laws, but just because it's in the laws doesn't mean that it's really going to work its way into everyday life. Right. And so the other part that we have to do is make sure that people see it in culture and in entertainment and everywhere else that they can. And GLAD is a really big part of of that. Now, we had a lot to celebrate four, five, six, seven, eight years ago under the Obama administration, Mm -hmm. those of us in the LGBTQ uh, community. But as we know, there was a lot of rollbacks under the Trump administration. 
And so now it's really about sort of reclaiming our time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) reclaiming our ground, um, and bringing back the things that were reversed. There was a lot of things that were rolled back, a lot of things that were put into place that were barriers, particularly for transgender people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was asked to be on the board, and it's something that I take very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't wait to help um, guide the, the organization to the next success. See, uh, <clears throat> that leads me into my next question. Because I was just talking to someone about how Black bodies and Black queer female bodies or individuals um, have given so much to the community. And it's not, like, known or, like... People know Marsha P. Johnson, but they're outside of like, oh, she, but they don't really know. And so what I love about this new uh, job, this new, I'm going to, I'm going to call it promotion, you know, a new advancement, (laughs) this this new life journey um, is that I guess it's the continuum, but no longer in the shadows. I feel like when we had the queer movement back in the 60s, Marsha Sylvia, I'm going to say even more so Sylvia, because Sylvia was a little bit more feisty and, you know, white people were like, oh, not too much. And Sylvia was like, you raggedy bitches. No, (laughs) y'all fucking left us. And, you know, they were like, no, girl, let's shh, shh, you know. So anyway, but I feel like now it's out of the it's out of the shadows, like everybody in the community. And so I just feel like it's just really, really great. So my question is, where are the black queer women and femme in power, and are they properly represented, is my question. You're asking me where they are? Yes. Because I feel like, here you go, I feel like there aren't, like 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 I said, people know Marsha, mm-hmm. people know of Sylvia. We're specifically talking about queer folks. Queer, not just Black, but bi mm-hmm. and queer. And trans, um, and the whole, the whole, encom- the whole encompass meant of uses and uses, uh, if that makes sense. Well, that's a double I, us. I think that um, th- you're right. <laughs> We're the just in asking the question, it it proves that there's a lack of uh, black queer femme uh, people in positions of power. Um, I, I I don't know where they all are. Uh, it'd be great if they were all at the head of the table in the board in every boardroom. Right. Um, I do think that because we're because we are coming off the heels of 2020, mm-hmm. now into 2021, obviously, I do think that people in these rooms, the rooms that are making um, decisions, are I think they're they're recognizing that they need more diversity and inclusion um, in their ranks. You know, these all-white, cis, male uh, boardrooms and and places that are making these decisions, I do think that they know that the, the those kind of days are numbered, you know? That was something that really stopped it. Is 20, I can't say it's stopping at 2020, but post-2020, we're going to be checking everywhere. Mm-hmm. In every room, we're going to be looking in every single place to make sure that they have more diversity and more inclusion, which of course includes black queer 
femme folks and black queer women. Um, so, but I do want to say that Pamela Stewart is uh, a brilliant woman who works both at Coca-Cola and also serves on the board of directors at GLAAD. And, and she's queer. And she's queer. She is black. And she's lovely. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like when it comes to finding diversity, I feel mm-hmm. like it's more so looked at, like, do we have the boxes checked? Not for real mm-hmm. inclusion, but just to make sure, like, they can't say nothing because we, we got a black, we got a trans. We got, we got somebody this, here. Got the, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's covered. Um, and I feel like in that, it loses power. So in me asking that question, just because, like, during quarantine, I did a little research. Actually, my friend did a little research and found out that one of the first queer bars opened up in West Hollywood was opened up by a black lesbian. And you would never I know, didn't know that. that. I had no idea. Come on. <laughs> and you're like, what? Um, that space has been turned into something else, but that history is there. And so you're like, oh, because I remember going down to West Hollywood and the only time it was black was Sundays when you could go to trunks and raves. And I can only imagine it was probably the same where you had a black night in New York. I know they had the same at Orlando where it was like Brink and a few other clubs. So, mm-hmm. but outside of the club space, it's just like people that are movers, that are shakers, that are just Black women that are queer, I just, I'm like, where are you? Just because feminine energy, I feel, is somehow removed from the the queer spaces. Like, here you go. When you go out, I feel like you will see uh, cis women in queer spaces taking, but I feel like you rarely see queer, Cis hetero women? Swiss, cis, yes. That's Swiss. Cis hetero <laughs> women, but I don't feel that you see cis queer women. Or even, or just women in general that are queer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I just mm-hmm. feel like, and I go, why do all of these girls feel safe to come to the club and hang out? But queer people, queer women, queer feminine energy, whatever, doesn't feel that same safety. And I'm like, I'm tired of getting drunk with this basic ass bitch over here who's crying about her boyfriend and the same shit every damn weekend. Like, and here you go. This is because I guess when I went out in black spaces, I felt like all of us were together. Mm-hmm. The films, the butch, the this, the that, the that, that, that. Mm-hmm. There was no divider. And so mm-hmm. I guess in moving forward, because the owners of the spaces are white, whether they're white and queer, I mean, white and straight, or they're white and queer, because, you know, the Italians will own our spaces and make all the money off of us and don't mm-hmm. give no fucks. Herstory mm-hmm. um, <laughs> lesson. Um, and also make sure that the drugs were there so then you got addicted to it. Herstory lesson. But just saying, calling it out, uh, we're we doing a change in 2021 point is just like i just don't i just miss my sisters that's that's the thing like mm-hmm. i'm like where are the girls where, where? You, there's just something about the energy that women give and that feminine beings give that's just not it cannot be duplicated it cannot be replicated and you're like where is it well just- i think that you know the uh I, I agree with you i think that there i i have didn't really have the chance to go out to a bunch of different gay bars and clubs in all of the other cities. Um, I've been to many of them, but the ones that I know the most, I know the nightlife scene the most in New York because mm-hmm. I've lived here. And I was shot. I moved to New York because I wanted to come to a place that was extremely diverse, that had everything. And New York has all of that. But I was shocked to find out that in the nightlife world and in the queer club scene, 
everything was segregated. So if you wanted to go to a lesbian bar, you could go to the lesbian bar, the gay boys bar, or you can go to the black lesbian bar, like one, but you could choose, right. but it wasn't all together. Right. The, there was a, a few parties that I worked um, that were, uh, that were, I don't know how you would describe them. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was there, like every sexuality, every gender expression, every race, every everything. And it was like, they were just like, of course, there was lots of drugs there, too. Uh, but it was like, anything goes. And in those situations, you you know, they were very much like anti-racist, anti, um, you know, misogyny, anti, just all of the, anti all of the isms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that felt very good. And I think that feels like, in terms of bars and clubs and nightlife, the ones that are the most mixed that you can find gay people and straight people and queer people and you know, cis people and trans people and non-binary people and every per- people of every yeah. color. Those are the ones that I generally um, vibe off of personally the most. But where are they? <laughs> well, now they're closed. Well, none, right now there's nothing. None, none, girl. None. We got virtual Zoom parties. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> unless unless you're at that orgy in, in Belgium. Girl, did you hear about uh, it? In Belgium? No, I, yes, I was girl, too they busy. Had a, they had an orgy in Belgium and the cops showed up and the people thought that the cops were strippers so they tried to unzip the cops' pants and then one of the politicians was there, girl. He's like a starch, like homophobic, right-wing Hungarian and girl, he got caught shimmying down the the the, the drain pipe, girl. And everybody, they, they arrested 20 naked people. Now, this is the gag. Not the gag that they just arrested all these people, the politicians. Y'all nasty jokers was fucking during this pandemic. You breathing hot air. Huh, huh, huh. Ah! Oh no, my God. Girl, I was too busy looking, reading up the damn uh, uh, Port of boat cra- uh, sinking. Girl. Good Lord Jesus. Girl. What is going on, y'all? Now, y'all, y'all, we don't have that vaccine yet. No, and we can't take it yet until the president of Pfizer takes it, okay? Because, you know, he didn't take it yet. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, so he didn't take it yet. They, he, they asked him in the interview. They said, well, what were your side effects when you took it? And he said, oh, I didn't take it yet. I'm oh, waiting on y'all. I'm waiting oh, on no, y'all. No, 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 no. I'm waiting on y'all to take it. That part, also, I'm going to wait for Mr. Bill Gates to say, take because, you know, him and his wife. Also, I need to see, this is what I want. This is what I want. I think they need to make a big, giant tub, right? Take a syringe. And then that way we all know that we're getting the same thing. Okay, so when it gets down to you, it should be down to here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want this, oh, we just took the same mystery. But no, girl. I hear I you. like the Kool-Aid punch bag. I hear you. But something about that plan doesn't sound that st- uh, um, hygienic. <laughs> well, you know, no, it's just like insulin, girl. I don't want you mine know? coming out of a bathtub. Not a bathtub, you know, like a giant insulin container, you know, okay. like with the little rubber seal on it, you know. Okay. Uh-huh. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I just, that's just my only thing. I'm like, girl, how we know we getting the same thing? Okay. It's, we don't. Well, we, we're, we're literally not because there's like three, you know, there's going to be several, um, uh, you know, vaccines that have been approved. And some of them are the, you know, the Pfizer one, the different companies. And so it is, it is really interesting and, and a little bit scary, you know, but I ha- I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. I, I don't usually, t- t- in all honesty, 
in full disclosure, I don't usually take the flu vaccine. Girl, I, I don't either. The, I, we I have it under the blood over here, girl. We pray real hard, yeah. and because that is it. Well, I'm not putting your system. Your, your I had the flu back. I had the flu once, mm -hmm. and I honestly thought I was. Go, this was. I felt like I was going to die. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it out of this room. Oh Jesus. Um, and and I never got the vaccine again. I hadn't, you know, thank goodness, hadn't gotten the flu since. This year, I did get the flu vaccine. Um, I am probably going to take... I, I'm going to take a vaccine if one is... Well, we're going to have to, girl, because we have to work. Yeah. yeah. In order to get on a plane, we're going to have girl, to take... My yeah. mama lives across country. <laughs> I got to get one just to see her. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Girl, okay, now this is my one question. As a queer activist, okay... Uh -huh. <clears throat> Because, you know, now here you go. We're kind of jumping off and then we'll jump back on. I'm already a little nervous. You know, we have prep and we have Disco we the other one that is out that's supposed to be better for you. Discovery. So I was going to say it right. Right. Okay. Lovely. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> now, the government don't really fuck with us too much, you know what I mean, as queer individuals. But yet the FDA did uh, approve this drug. Questionable. Just questionable. Especially mm -hmm. as a black person. Know what they did with Tuskegee Airmen. Just questionable. But mm -hmm. then the fact that there are seven different vaccines and then once again being black and queer. <clears throat> and we know. I'm just nervous. So how, because that is a thought of mine. What would you say to other queer melanated people that know that. This government don't really give no fucks about us, so... Because that's what a lot... It's a lot of fear about, just in general, not even queer. A lot of people are just nervous about taking the vaccine because they were like, one, you rushed it, and two, we don't trust you because you kept talking about population control. Mm hmm So what would you say to young queer people that are just nervous, but girl, like, we have I'd no say, time for you I'd to... say it's important for us to know our history. I'd say it's important for us to know... What has happened with, uh, with you know the Tuskegee experiment and eugenics and and all of the experiments that they've had placed on us even prior? I do think it's important that we know that history, that we know that connection. I also think it's important that we we do our research on what's happening today. Um, you know that the you know I don't personally believe that coronavirus was like invented to just kill black people, but oh, I no. do. But I do know that it dispro disproportionately affects people of color because of this, our infrastructure, our healthcare system, the uh, socioeconomic reasons that, you know, the, 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 the good fortune doesn't always flow in our direction. That part. We, we can't even get clean water in many cities and states. That part. And so, and so it really is, uh, it, it, it exposed, I think the the this pandemic that we are in that we will would have been in for a year mm -hmm. or more by the time mm -hmm. it all rolls around uh is really doing us a service by showing us where we really need to um to improve things and i think one of the things that happened with the uh with moments in the past was this level of secrecy yeah right uh, and if we don't, if we allow things to be more transparent this time, then maybe we'll be more protected. I can't. I, well, yes, I'm afraid of 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 wanting to take a, a vaccine that seems rushed. That seems. I mean, rushed or not, we don't even know how it would affect anyone, let that alone part. just black folks. That part. you know. And so, but what's the alternative? 
That the part, alter- girl. Yeah. Stop. The, the alternative is that we just continue doing what we're doing, that we only w- rely on masks. And the longer we go, the next two, three, four months, people are going to want to wear masks less. They're going to be out there having more orgies in Belgium and sinking more boats in Mexico. Girl. And so I do think that the only thing that's going to save us is some type of medical intervention. Very true. We do need it. And I'm I'm really like here forward. I don't know. I'm just like, oof. But I, 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 I don't think that's on us necessarily. I think it really is a part of the reckoning of this country and the systems that are in place to say, okay, here is the vaccine. Black people, listen up. We did you wrong. We did not do you right. And, and we have a lot of atonement to do. And so from this moment on, we're going to do it the right way. And here it is, whatever it is they need to show us. And, you know, some people will believe that. Some people won't. That part, it's, and it needs to be free. Because the fact that all of these hoes are stacking up to make billions is the thing mm-hmm. that really, really, like... Yeah, that's the scary part. That's They're- the... Mm, <laughs> okay, let's jump back into the other questions. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One thing that I love about you and... Um, a few other uh, of my tra- of our trans sisters is the ability the ability that you bring to bridge the gap between uh, cis hetero women and transgender women, and just bringing the gap, saying that we are women. Um, and so, my question would: What would be your ideal utopia for Black queer, Black femme, and Black cis women? I do think it's a, in, in terms of a utopia, it would be a place where we as Black folks are free from all of the um, obstacles and persecution and racism and discrimination and, and um, oppression that we faced in the past. And same thing as women and femme people. Um, and so I think that really is basically the opposite. Like a living, my, my idea of a black queer, black femme, black woman utopia is probably, I'm a little biased by saying this. We've been in a patriarchy for all, maybe we live, need to live in a matriarchy where these women are ruling the roost. And, you know, that's my idea of one. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, where we completely... That's going to take such a paradigm shift. I don't know if it can happen in a, in a, in a generation. Mm-hmm. But living in a matriarchy, I, I really do think that we will not be... We will in, be inevitably in less wars. We will have better health care uh, for everyone. That's, that's my belief. Um, okay, I, so then I, I, yeah. you said... That, I guess the key word in there was black. Because I was nervous. I just thought about some of these rich white women that like Betsy DeVoe. And I'm like, they don't need to be in power. Like, <laughs> the Scarlet, whatever her name is. I'm like, oh, these hoes don't need to be in power. So maybe just melanated women could be in power of, of, of all different races. Just, you need to be at least. Does your hair coil when it's wet? Is it close to a force, get- girl? That's what I want to do. Does it frizz when it get back? But then, bitch, you better get back. Okay? <laughs> uh, 
Or you better be wearing a hairpiece or something. That part, bitch. Pat your head right. Uh-uh. Okay. So the fans want to know, the fans want to know, the fans want to know, what is your top two, like two of your favorite drag race, like moments, memories, yada, yada, yada. Two of my favorite drag race moments, memories that happened to me or just mm-hmm. from watching the show? Just to you personally, because, you know, we watch the show, but only right. certain few of us get to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say my first one was probably the, I mean, the real ones were like the fan rides home. Yes. You know, the van yes. rides home, which yes. nobody kn- knows what that means except for people who've been on the show. That means that you are going, <laughs> first of all, the Kiki was the best, but also, honey, you were there for another day. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was like, whoo, I feel good. I feel good. Um, <sighs> and so the van rides home were good after a, a, such a long day of, of work. And it is work. Work, um, I, but in terms of the show itself, one moment that I really enjoyed um, <clears throat> was the uh, <laughs> feeling like I really did a good job performing in a role that I did not want. I hated, I did not want to do it. I was so upset that I had to play Britney Spears <laughs> in, on my season in this Kardashian <laughs> the Rusical. And I was so... I, I was like nauseous, Ooh. and I and I couldn't believe it. But I did a good job, and I was like I hated it the whole time. But I don't know if it's because I hated it or what. But they were like, "You did a good job," and I was in the top three, which was great. You know, <laughs> I live. Okay, okay. Give us who like episode one of Drag Race. Who turned it for you of season fourteen? Who like who gave you the ooh? Just the ooh. You ain't got to go too deep. Season thirteen. Yeah, season 13. Did I say 14? Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, have you you know something I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, on episode one, season 13, who really, like, gave you the ooh-ah-ooh? Uh, I have to say, um, just because I'm a, I'm a um, really close friend of hers is, uh, is Tina Burner. Tina Burner. Sure. I knew you were going to say T- it, Tina. I mean, she was I good, can't. girl. She turned it. I can't not. But, um, uh... But I'm I'm also really living for Tamisha Iman. Um, you know, just the fact that she is on the show and is such a legend and had such a her story is so captivating to me. And it's nice to know because I was kind of uh, not in the same. I didn't have the same like path as Tamisha Iman. But um, just having done drag for over 25 years before getting on the show. On, before getting on Drag Race, um, I've I have that feel like I have that in common with her, mm-hmm. and so um, I really respect her and all that she brings. I love but I, I don't, I'm not spoiling it. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. No, because we already <laughs> know, girl. We we know who the top three are. <laughs> we know that one of them is black, and she is what earned it. Okay, hello. Um, Okay, well, here you go, Peppermint, before we have you go, before we have you go, you are always one that no matter what is going on, Pep can always, like, find the brighter side of a dark, dismal situation. So, though there has not been much 
2021. What are you hopeful for? Like what keeps you going and excited that you can encourage the listeners? I'm really excited to continue the conversations that we were having in 2020. Mm. Um, All of those uh, conversations, like what we had on Nubia Amplified. Yes. Um, Be on the lookout for Nubia Amplified too. Um, really allowing people, not just allowing people, but bringing people into a space of a loving space of accountability and Mm -hmm. um, reconciliation, Mm -hmm. that this is where you can understand what you have been doing wrong. All of us, you know, because I I think we're all... um, we are all subject to being interrogated. Yes. Uh, and so no one's better than anybody else. But this is a, this this space, 2021, is a space where we can look at all that, shed what was not working, understand in a better way what will work and what will work for others m- more selflessly, and then go with that and try those things. I think that'll be um, good for us to do. I'm really over like the sensational. I don't want my president tweeting out crazy stuff every yeah. day. Yeah. I don't want to hear like I'm done. I don't want to ha- have another Karen screaming about not being able to get her hair done in the thing. Like I'm done. Very true. All that. Very very true. <laughs> well, Peppermint, this was amazing. I actually had one more question about how to bridge the gap, and I really felt like your last answer really really answered that question. And mm-hmm. so I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time to come to my podcast. You're such a blessing. We look forward. How can we stay like abreast? Is that how you say it? Abreast <laughs> of what you got going on? Um, like what? How can we just follow you and everything? Yeah. People can see me on all my social media, which is Peppermint247 everywhere. What is the 247? Peppermint247. Oh, 24-7. 24-7. <laughs> um, <laughs> on all social media platforms and they can tune in, check out my new music video for Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. Yeah, I'd love for people to check that out. Yes. On YouTube. All right. Well, you've been listening to Ace of Hearts with our special guest, Miss Peppermint. Ow! Thank you, sis. Yes, mama. Ellie. Girl, now it's your turn. All right, the time of the show, Legendary Children, is where we want to hear from you, okay? Now, the question I want to hear from you about is how do you feel about this part of Iota foolishness? Like, the boat going capsized. Honey, it should have went down like the damn Titanic, because all of that was what trash. And they'll probably tell you, oh, we all got tested before we left, even though Mexico's uh, hospitals are jammed packed. Y'all are trash. Anyway, so please email in your response at aceofheartpod at gmail.com. That is aceofheartpod at gmail.com. Because, girl, the people are fired up. Do you know there's even a reporter from GMA, Good Morning America, okay, talking about it. Like, it's just trash. So let me know. Okay, you can either email your response in, like, a letter, or you can send a little audio message. I prefer the audio message so we could play it back the following week. So I look forward to hearing from you at aceofheartpod at gmail.com. And also hit us up on the social media page at Ace of Hearts on Instagram. See you there.
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>